electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Stocks are adding to a third weekly loss as the data again comes in hot. Core PCE, highest annual rate since October. Personal spending, best monthly gain in almost two years. Our roadmap's going to start with inflation. Still running warm. The Fed's favorite PCE gauge accelerates in January. Mester says rates still need to hold above five. But the consumer is holding strong. Executives from Booking, Live Nation, Cinemark, all forecasting a pretty strong year. And then there's Warner. Uh, Discovery CEO uh, David Zaslov says his growth strategy is, quote, working. Let's begin, though, with the market reaction to the PCE inflation data, Jim. We're going to listen to what Jamie Dimon told you yesterday, but a lot of the data fits ex- exactly with what he told you. We had a very strong month in this country in January. And I sometimes look at this data and I say, did they listen to Doug Yearly at Toll Brothers saying that things were great? Did they listen to Giant Home Builder. How about Lenar? Things are really good. When you look at bookings numbers, they're incredible. When you look at Live Nation, it's big. We had a spending month. It was like the nation splurged. Uh, hiring just okay, but in terms of just consumption, I mean, it was almost as if tightening's over, and now people are back. And I don't really know what to do with it other than say that maybe we just have to pay less for the S&P, because that's what this number says. It it can't last. They're not going to let you, uh, this country, have a level of inflation that would make it so that people spend as much as they're doing. Uh, January was probably the strongest month in, I don't know, since COVID. Yeah. Well, we, you know, when that January jobs number came out, we had a lot of folks say, brace yourselves. Yes. Brace yourselves for warm data, whether that's weather-related or not. Well, I, it's interesting weather-related because the, your cost of your heating, your regular bill is going down a lot. I just, I, I keep going back to what Doug Yearly said. Or like, you know, look, even like I had Papa John's. Once, you know, January started soft and then things got aggressively better. Everybody had a all the companies I deal with had great changes. And uh, to think that this PCE number would be weak is, is flies in the face of everything that the big companies said would happen. So uh, I'm not saying it's business as usual, but if you're at American Airlines, you're saying, well, what do you think? Jan- January was a full flight month. An ext- I mean, no, no, it was an extremely full flight month, which meant you could only have one. Ca- <laughs> this was a one carry on month. OK, yeah, right. a one carry on month. That's the way you have to view it. And therefore, I think that the natural progression is. If you're paying 18 times earnings for the S&P, you've got to maybe say, listen, 17, maybe 16. Get the S&P down a lot. Now, earlier this week, I put out a checklist. We, we haven't met any of the checklists. Right. On the other hand, I mean, I know you pay some attention to technicians, and they're all saying downtrend lines, uptrend lines, 50-day, 200-day, are not that much farther south than where we are right now. I, I, that's what I, I struggle with. I had uh, the chart work of Larry Williams on last night. He's the oldest and I still think the best, very historical. And he's saying, look out, we're at the tail end of this decline. 
Uh, but maybe the tail end of the decline means today and Monday and Tuesday, and then we get bullish uh, as this, this awful month ends. I don't think February is nearly as strong as, as January, but there was nothing. In, I struggle to find someone other than maybe Carvana that had a really, maybe Wayfair that had a really bad January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to some of the numbers. Carvana uh, revenue down 24. Yeah, we use $7 a share. I always find that to be suboptimal. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Jamie Dimon, and yesterday Jim sits down with the head of J.P. Morgan Chase in Philadelphia and kind of brought into sharp relief sort of the figures that we're getting uh, day after day, especially this week. Take a listen. If we go into recession, the consumer's in better shape because unlike 08 and 09, mortgages are well underwritten. Right. The, the, even though people talk about credit card debt, it's just normalizing. Well, the, not, then, then the Fed, with its method, uh, Medex method of five and a half, six, is not going to solve the inflation problem that you're just talking about. I, I, my view is it might have gone a little bit higher. So and higher people, than six? Yeah, possibly. Doing I'm not saying business. it's going to do that. You I'm, did say it's going to do that. I, my, I suspect it may have to go a little bit higher than the five we're talking about. It could hit. The country's not ready for that. Well, that's things happen. We we had layoffs. Unemployment goes to five to five percent at that at that rate. Could yeah. We go back to five percent. But but it could be again if you're in the government. What you really want is the best long-term outcome. Inflation is so insidious that that can damage growth for ten years. So they're trying to do the right thing. Now, that was the headline coming out of it, and in addition to the fact that he said that could be worse than a mild recession. Right. I mean, look, he is really a believer that we're having a major problem with inflation, that it's not been tamed. Uh, there are moments, Jamie Dimon is, is, is to some degree, I'm, he's not a waffler, but he doesn't want to scare anybody. Notice he didn't give us a weather forecast. Kind of asked the ahead of time. I said, "Please don't give us one. <laughs> They're too hard." But I, I think he feels. Look, it's the, he's looking at his book of business uh, and the consumer that he has, more than three trillion dollars in assets. And he just says, "Look, things are too hot, and so therefore we shouldn't take six off the table. Six must be on the table." Now the question is: Is six on the table quarter point, quarter point, quarter point, quarter point, or is six on the table uh, 50, 50? And I think he's still with quarter point. But he just would love to see things, uh, purchasing power, uh, not declined by the American worker. And at the same time, he was quite sanguine about business. But maybe that's just because a lot of people, and I, I talked to a lot of people ahead of the, my, his going to 52nd in market, which is a very underserved area of Philadelphia, about whether that's a good thing or when you've got companies that are closing branches like Bank of Mercos that are going digital. And the answer is, is that Jamie Dimon feels it's a unique time to be able to take advantage of some of the strength, open branches, get people who are, are, are having some money to deposit and not just put it, I don't know, in their mattress. This meeting that I had with him yesterday was a bullish within 6% meeting. Like, we'll do fine. Like he, at one point, he remembered that we both went into business at the same time. And he said, you know, when we started, things were things. It was horrible, but we still had a lot of business. And that was he was talking about how uh, Fed funds at 19. And I said, listen, I was buying uh, I was buying 14 year paper. I mean, 14 paper, 14 percent paper <laughs> yes, for 20 years. Yes, yes. And he said, yeah, well, we did fine. We did fine. I mean, the customers did fine. Right. And I think that that's what we have to get used to is it's not the end of the world, but you will pay less for the S&P. That's what we did back then. You mentioned his book, uh, and there are those who argue he is talking oh. his book. I mean, look at He's this. Mor- 67. This He's mor- done with that stuff. This Morgan Stanley note today calling JPM an underrated rate play. 
and arguing that you could be looking at a trillion-dollar market cap in a decade. Okay, so I was talking with him about net interest income. And when you get off the table with him, you're, you're, not, you're not speaking about football. You're speaking about NII. And, and when is he going to be rewarded for how much money uh, he's making every single day on his uh, accounts? And the answer is he said, not until people realize that we do not have bad loans, that we don't write bad loans, of which I said, oh, are they written by ChatGPT? And he's like, fifth time that I've heard that. I yes, mean, yes. He, he can get tired of the same old, same old. But he's talking about an environment where he doesn't see a lot of bad loans. Uh, he does see uh, the bank making a lot of money on the deposits. Uh, but he also knows that people in the end will not pay more for that stream of revenues of the bank if you think that inflation's raging. So that's how I come back to the, maybe we've got to pay less uh, for the earnings because if inflation's really raging, then I really want, as I am doing right before we came, you came down, I'm trying to get that 5% one-year piece of paper ah. for the money I have sitting around that's getting three and a half. Yep. And you have to get it. I mean, treasuries are saying, buy me, buy me. And you can't say, no, I'm not buying you. I'm, I'm going out right now and buying Carvana and Wayfair. If that's true, why is the long end, uh, say, the 10-year today, not above yesterday's highs? We think that's wrong. You do? Yeah, yeah. I thought that Jamie and I think we were simpatico on that and the fact that uh, – that it's fun to be a banker. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's got, like, the expletive stuff. I mean, it's still kind of shocking. You're there, and it's like, yeah, well, you look he, around, see any children. Rip. Yeah. Well, he lets it rip, and, and it's smiling and stuff. And I'm like, holy cow, I guess I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> uh, meantime, you got a lot of Fed officials today who are going to get to respond to the data. Uh, Esther was already on Squawk, yeah. uh, talked about not prejudging the next meeting, but again, repeating that she could see a case for 50. Here's what she told the guys in the morning. I haven't really seen much change in my outlook for the economy since since that time. So I see in, uh, that we're going to have to bring interest rates above 5 percent. And we'll, we'll figure out how much above. That's going to depend on how the economy evolves over time. But I do think we need to be somewhat above 5 percent and hold there for, for a time in order to get inflation on that sustainable downward path to 2 percent. She did say at least the markets are now better aligned with right. the Fed's message. Right. I mean, ja- Jamie... Uh- Jamie Dimon's CEO, Jamie Morgan, did not indicate that 5% was enough. I mean, he's talking about, well, look, when we get to 6, let me know. Then walks that back because he doesn't want to be, when we get to 6, I'll see you at your funeral. He doesn't want that kind of logic. But I do feel that uh, there's no case to be made for keeping rates anywhere here. I can't make a case of January. Look, when you have a January where everyone's buying homes and everyone's shopping their darn head off and everyone's going to concerts, thank you for uh, Rapino at Live Nations, at Live Nation, and everyone's booking and the extremely full. What is going on? I mean, who's not spending? Who's not out there having a great time? American Express number's really good. Hey, Domino's, they didn't have a good month. Right, right. I know. Bad month, Concert revenue at Live Nation's up almost 70%. I mean, everyone wants front row seats and the the number of people going to concerts never been like this. But this still, I think, is a a function of, uh, well, I loved it when when Andrew called it the YOLO economy. I mean, people just want to go out and they're not stopping. And maybe they won't stop until they lose their darn job. Um, It sounds like you think you'd be be willing to accept a 50 basis point meeting if the point is to get to the terminal. Oh, amen. Let's get to that. Really? Just get there? Yeah. You sound like Bullard. Hear any Fed officials? They could go back and they could just say, okay, I'm going to watch The Last of Us and then I'm going to switch to Your Honor and then I've got a lot of new shows coming. Stop talking. 
There's no reason. They're all a bunch of babbits. Remember that Sinclair Lewis book that they made you read in ninth grade? Was it Grapes of first and then Babbitt? Uh, those were horrible books, by the way. And then just Pastos. What a hack he was. But I just look at this stuff and I think, guys, yeah, I get it. It was too strong. What do you want? You want to try to get people more worried? I mean, as it is, we're going to have some serious layoffs in Silicon Valley. By the way, if anyone listens to Jensen Wong, I mean, actually listens to him as he as opposed to just listen to the research, the whole CEO of NVIDIA, the whole idea of it is we just need fewer people work. Yeah. yeah. Well, Less waste I mean, and fewer people. Bullard this week said the, the Silicon Valley layoffs have no bearing on the No bearing market. at all. Although I will note today, uh, BASF and Ericsson uh, with announcements of layoffs in the, in the thousands. Right, but BASF's interesting because western part of Germany is very, very strong. Europe is very, they're, uh, they're Lufushaven. BASF. And the town is doing well. And uh, by the way, because natural gas is so low, right. they, they've all benefited. But uh, the Euro- Europe's very, Europe's just incredibly strong. And they're going to have to keep raising rates. The comeback in Europe is big. But when you see all the industrials hitting a new high, like Josh Brown was talking about, not a great sign. You know, nothing's slowing. I have train on tonight. Uh, not the group, which I saw once at the, at the Super Bowl. They were dynamite. I remember when they played at our headquarters in Fort Lee. Amen. They're fantastic. But I, when I talk about train, the uh, HVAC company, oh, my. I mean, they can't handle the business. I mean, there's another thing. You can't. They have so much business, they can't handle it. Well, at this point in the cycle, actually, we want to hear, we, we got it. Not that we ever want to wish for layoffs, but the Fed needs layoffs. The Fed needs purchasing power to go down. The Fed needs people to be a little more concerned uh, and therefore not willing to pay up. And they, they need the company to stop putting price increases. I think that's happening. I think the Walmarts of the world are keeping prices down, but not enough. Right. It's just for every Walmart, there's a Nestle. For every Walmart, there's a... Uh, you know, there's, um Think of the other General Mills. Who we're said putting we're not- through our ninth price increase because the people can do it. Well, I th- one day... Blue Buff, which is on sale at Walmart, and we use Blue Buff. I'm telling you, man, we're going to trade down soon because I, I, neither Ragnu, Ragu or Marley would know the difference between actual, like, you know, we give them this food. It's called Just Food. Why don't we give them Just Food? Why don't we give them Dog Food? I, I've had the Just Food. It's, it's I, not bad. It tastes like something yeah, I had at Whole Foods like last they're night. They're not going to send it back. You know, we, we know I, I'm telling you, I paid 12 bucks for a meal at Whole Foods. The dogs eat better than I do. <laughs> Certainly tastier. I think it's quinoa. As David said yesterday, we treat them better than we treat ourselves. I know. And that's wrong. <laughs> I mean, I like them, but I mean, enough. I mean, my dad had a dog, Mr. Billingsley. He always wore a bow tie and sit at the dinner table, so I guess I can't complain. <laughs> When we come back, uh, softer ad sales and some streaming losses uh, impacting results over at Warner Brothers Discovery. We'll hear what David Zaslav said about the quarter and the road ahead. In the next hour, first on CNBC interview with Deputy Treasury Secretary Wally Adamio, uh, the U.S. and its allies imposing a fresh set of sanctions against Russia on today, the first anniversary of that country's invasion of Ukraine. Obviously, some weakness here, a lot to get through today as we chop more wood with Fed speak and some data in about 45 minutes. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. 
You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The decisions we've made and the strategies we've set in motion 10 months ago have created a solid foundation. And we're starting to see strong momentum. It's working. On direct-to-consumer, we are making meaningful progress on our goal to achieve real profitability in streaming, a key and powerful segment of our company. We brought our losses down considerably. It's working. And our new studio heads are hard at work putting their unmatched creative stamp on our future slate. That's Warner Brothers Discovery's David Zaslav on the earnings call sticking by his growth strategy after the company did post a $2.1 billion loss due to restructuring, a revenue miss, some soft ad sales. Streaming business, though, uh, Jim, pretty nice at 96.1 and a narrower than expected EBITDA streaming loss. Right. Now, look, this stock's best, one of the five best performers in the S&P, so let's give it that. It could come back down. I loved the conference call. Uh, in part because Zaslav knows how to tor- tell a story. If she says, listen, we're a network of storytellers, a company of storytellers. He is uh, first you know, a Superman. We haven't met a Superman in a very long time, Batman. But I just thought one of the things he said, and the reason why it invoked this show, Last of Us, he said, we're getting back to water cooler status. You know, that the first one has the fewest, and then each week it has more. That's what I want to see, and that's what Zaslav's giving us. So he paid down a lot of debt. He's got a plan. Things got in place last year. Now he's going to go forward. Uh, I wish the stock hadn't run so much because I think that getting on the Zaslav train is a good train. Yeah. Um, free cash flow, uh, way above expectations. I wonder, does that remind you of Netflix? Are, are they making that kind of progress? Yes. Really? That's what I heard last night. Now, they do have costs, and you got to deal with sports programming, and you know, they did praise uh, Chris Licht over at CNN. I know there's endless articles about Licht, which are really funny because he's just a nice guy. And I sat next to him once in a movie, and my wife said, next to him, who's that nice guy? So he's the most powerful guy in the news. And she's just like, oh, so what? I, I do feel that when I listen to the call, and everyone should listen to the call if they want to know what this stock is and they own it, I, I get the sense that he's in, more in control than a year ago when I saw him. I mean, I saw him about, about four months ago, and he said, just you wait. And, and he was right. Uh, but I think it's creativity that's, that's driving it. Uh, I think people underestimate creativity and what it means. And I've never underestimated him because he's so good. Right. Uh, we do know that Succession is going to end with season four. That was announced last night. I know. That's disappointing. But White Lotus, he's talking about White Lotus yes. being very positive. Yes, it makes room for new material. I mean, you know, when, when people realize this is something Bob Iger did, th- did and will do, when you think about the pipe, I mean, if we're dealing with Merck, we're thinking about the pipe, Moderna, the pipe. Well, Warner Brothers Discovery is a pipe story, and the pipe story is very... I like that man. I have to use that for my show and talk that tomorrow. I got a, I got a you know session with the investing club tomorrow. Uh, pipe, wow, jeez, I thought of it myself. It's I can't. I didn't even steal it from like a guy like Tepper or anything. Uh, it's interesting. You know, this was also a week where we got reports in the journal that, and actually confirmation that Netflix is cutting prices in some countries. I saw that, uh, and in some cases by quite a bit. I didn't know how to read that. Uh, 
because that last quarter was so exceptional. But, you know, people are struggling to try to figure out how they're doing with the, you know, cutting off of people. Look, Netflix has become a drag story. It was like a last year story. It was the best of Fang. Now it's the best of Fang. Now it's worst of Fang. Although, although to get to be worse than, than Alphabet is really something. I mean, Alphabet, I mean, do they still make Alphabet soup or Alphabet cereal? Oh, man. Because, man, we got, we got Alphabet mash. Well, that thing is just awful. Whether it's uh, the reg risk or behind the eight ball on the AI, we're going to talk some Adobe, too, after the break. Adobe's very, yes. very interesting. You had, you had a couple interesting yeah. takes on, on social media yeah. last night. Uh, as the DOJ reportedly uh, were looking at that DOJ's figure. DOJ's got a lot of them. They did it with books. Next thing you know, they're going to do it with dog food. You say too much human food. <laughs> Not enough dog food. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Again, some uh, equity weakness uh, at the open here as we got those hotter than expected macro numbers. And more to come at 10 with the uh, new homes and you, Mish. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Futures Week, if you missed it about half an hour ago, uh, personal income uh, comes in spending, comes in ahead, core PCE and headline PCE, all above expectations, even though the market had been bracing for a hotter print, we definitely did get it. Opening bells coming up in a few moments, and don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. All you have to do is listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Don't go away. Let's get to Kramer's Mad Dash. I have to tell you, uh, Block last night, the old square, had an incredible conference call. And Jack Dorsey and one of my favorite CFOs, uh, Amrita Hoosier, talked about the idea that we got to start spending willy-nilly. we got to start thinking about gross profit margin and rule of 40, meaning we figure out what we're making, growth, and trying to get it with margin. Uh, but most importantly, stop losing money. And they trashed stock-based compensation as not being included. This was the best of the pivots other than uh, Nikesh Aurora at Palo Alto. And, and I think that it's a textbook for those CEOs who are trying to figure out versus the opposite say, of a Carvana. How do you get people to uh, respect your company? And this company is on the move. It is the only fintech company that I really feel, really feel like has got momentum right now. I joked with Jamie Dimon about fintech. You know, he believes that they're real companies and not real companies. But I got to put Square squarely in the real company category. And that's because they're going for, they want their earnings to look like regular earnings of banks. Right. And I salute them because they're not using any phony stuff to get to where they need to go. The, the cash app is a really good business. They're a very good business. Right. There are a couple of examples this morning. Beyond was the other one, Beyond Me, right. where you had uh, an earnings miss, but revenue came in ahead. Does that say anything about cash or well, cost management right now? Well, I, you know, Beyond kept lowering, lowering, lowering. Um, so finally they got well. But they did have fantastic numbers out of Europe. I mean, uh, McDonald's in, in Germany and uh, in Denmark. I mean, things are going really well for them there. Good for them. I mean, they, they finally have a path toward uh, anything, something other than oblivion. Uh, I, I do think there are companies all over the place that were losing a lot of money that realized they're not going to have any favor on Wall Street unless they do what's right. Uh, beyond just it was finally their time. Uh, but Block could have lost money forever in order to try to get business, and they're done with that game. 
which I like. It's interesting. I was thinking you need a new acronym for companies um, that are in a profitable tech mode. Uh, Palo Alto, Cisco, maybe oh, AMAT. These uh, companies, look, we're going to have to talk about Adobe because Adobe's in a profitable mode, but they're being challenged very heavily by other companies. Uh, and when you're challenged, uh, you have no choice. This Canva, C-A-N-V-A, yep, yep. the designers out there all know that Canva seems to be a better deal than what Adobe has. So Adobe would buy a competitor even for $20 billion. That would really help them against Canva. And now the Justice Department's going to block it. Real or it's called Bloomberg. Bloomberg, great yep. story. So, yeah, we need to find companies that are entrenched, that are making money with a big moat. And that's what Palo Alto is. That's what Square's getting to be. And that's what Adobe's word that it won't be. Yeah, Adobe down about four pre-market. Very, we'll see how very it opens tough here. now. There is the opening bell. Uh, breadth, obviously, very weak. At the big board today, yield max ETFs. At the NASDAQ, it's mineral exploration company Atlas Lithium. Last night, you tweeted about Adobe that, I don't know, you were, were you suggesting maybe justice is going to save them from themselves? Well, $20 billion, I always felt, was a big overpay. I also, I know that uh, Shantanu Narayan may not want to hear this, but I, I just hesitate to believe that his greatness and his people can't create this product themselves. Why can't they? Why are they losing to a company that I regard as second rate when they have such a, a hammerlock on younger people? Everybody knows to use Photoshop in ninth grade. What, do they switch to Canva when they get out? Uh, I, I think his company is so great that they can solve this themselves if they aren't allowed to buy uh, this company, which they are spending a great deal of money on. Right. Kind of reminds me, remember when Peltz was all over P&G saying that these smaller, more nimble brands were capturing young people's attention? P&G found a way to figure that out. Oh, right? they sure did. And one of the reasons why they did is because Nelson was very instrumental in uh, making it so that each division had to explain itself. And instead of blaming advertising, no blaming manufacturing, everybody had a clear line of sight to what they needed to do. Uh, and now he's doing it with, with Unilever. I know that the Procter people are, you know, they help Procter, now he's helping Unilever. Yep. Uh, these are companies, less Unilever than Procter, they had lost the feel for what's going on in all the great growth countries on earth. I mean, Procter was getting crushed in all of the, uh, the countries that are lesser developed, and now Procter isn't. And Procter, I think, is going to have a very good year, but uh, right now, the Wall in my chapter trust owns it, right now, Wall Street disagrees with them. Uh, Dow down almost 400 here. Boeing's going to be a piece of it uh, yeah. on this uh, 787, uh, 787 Dreamliner delivery halt on a component related to the fuselage. They, they don't change their guidance on production for the year, Jim. Right, that's interesting, meaning that, I mean, the, the, the planes are on the tarmac at Boeing. I not shipping them, but they, you can certainly make a case that they're still going to make a lot of money. Uh, I think the problem with owning Boeing is, is that as soon as you buy it, that's the day that something bad happens. Uh, Greg Smith, by the way, congratulations, former CFO of Boeing, going to run American Airlines. And I think Greg was a very much on uh, boots on the ground CFO, one of the rare ones I've ever seen where he was going from place to place to try to figure out how to improve Boeing. Uh, and now he's going to be a, maybe a customer of Boeing, maybe not. Hmm. Uh, Boeing is the worst performing down name. The best performing down name, although they're all red, uh, is JPM, which we talked about a moment ago, actually just went green. And now Jim Goldman uh, authorizing a $30 billion buyback uh, in a filing today. That's thanks to the journal. Well, you know, uh, Goldman, uh, you know, when people talk about, about banks, I always hear the same thing, which is, 
why is it why is Goldman selling at 10 times earnings? You know, is it th- that Solomon's not doing a good job, not doing a bad job? There is absolutely almost nothing happening according to Jamie in the capital markets. And Goldman's a capital markets play. So I think it's doing really well. I, I know, okay, I worked there. You know, even though I worked there, it doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, the, nobody, I, there's nobody left from when I worked there. <laughs> I'm just saying that I get why it's not selling, it's selling a premium. What were they supposed to do? Now, they've, they've made some missteps, but everyone's made missteps. I just think that they're making hay when the sun doesn't shine. So what will they make when the sun shines? Right. You, uh, you did talk to Solomon not too long ago, I think. Yeah. Where the, the tone was, well, it was about, about strategic reflections on, on consumer and Marcus. Right. But also about a, a warmer, uh, maybe not a soft landing view, but approaching something like that. Well, I think that it's subtly, I think, they're going to go back to their old way of just working for the wealthy, which is not a bad way. I mean, I remember... I brought in a customer that was only that only had a million dollars to invest. Now we're talking about 1985, and I was excoriated for wasting my time. Uh, now, if you have AI and you have uh, really good management, maybe you can make more money out of that million dollar customer than you could. But uh, we used to hunt elephants, so to speak. But I just think that the whole Goldman initiative to retail, I found confusing. I found it very confusing. Versus James Gorman's complete. Uh, uh, pivot toward working for everybody where uh, and not having that risk that's given them a higher multiple and makes Gorman look like the, the king right now. Yeah, now, there was a lot of uh, thematic purity to, to Morgan Stanley's strategy. I, yeah, look, I, I, Gorman is, is uh, the chronic underestimation of that man is really kind of insane, but he doesn't seek the limelight. Right. Um, some of the names we've not gotten to yet, Jim, into it uh, with a beat. Uh, a double beat, actually, and they guide. Although they guide below for the fiscal third quarter, this, uh, they keep the year intact. I think this credit karma is going to be an issue for them, but the fact that uh, their core business is so good, I, I wanted to tell uh, Jamie Don we were at the center where they're doing, um, uh, they're they're making real real community happen. It's an old PSFs building for Philadelphians, and I one point wanted to say, are you going to bring it into it to teach people how to? keep their books right, because what hurts small business, and no one seems to ever talk about this, is the government. And I'm not talking about the, you know, the Reagan backs of people. I'm just talking about running afoul of the IRS, running afoul of the wage, running afoul of, of trying to keep your balance correct. And that's what Intuit does best. I think Intuit's a great company. They are able to literally overcome all the negatives that I heard last night about uh, uh, about what they their two, last two acquisitions. That stock has got to be bought. And I think that this is the backbone of the economy. We always hear about small business being the backbone. You know, when you switch to Intuit, you save a lot of money, and it's very hard to screw up. Right. It's a very easy, intuitive product. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, t- clearly it's highly leveraged to small and medium oh, business. And it's so good. I mean, when we switched to it at the restaurants, I mean, I understood. You could, see a, you could see a map, a heat map of how you're doing and recognize, wow, uh, the people doing this aren't doing well, or we're not doing, we're not paying this right, and you can get your, um, y- you absolutely get a very good sense of your business. I want to apologize to Doug Sachs, who's still a partner. At, at, uh, at, uh, wow, I've got Greg Hoogamp, you know him. I mean, a lot of guys that worked at Goldman are like informing me, you know, we're still alive, Tucker <laughs> York. So I apologize to the people who are doing incredibly well, at Goldman, for my period, but I, I do think that. Uh, when I look at small, medium-sized business, which is something that Jamie Diamond's focused on, uh, Intuit should be in the room because they teach you how to not screw it up. How are we going to handle Carvana today? Uh, 
big miss on revenue, uh, EBITDA units, although inventory down 27 yeah. is starting to clear the channel. Uh, look, I, everyone wrote them off as if they were Bed Bath & Beyond. Now, the losses are staggering. But they, they recognize it. The first question the conference call was like, hey, Ernie, you spoke too fast. I didn't understand it. It's always a negative when you start a conference call Q&A like that. But uh, do I like their model? Absolutely not. Do I like the fact that they recognize that they're doing too much and, and, and are, have to pivot more toward profitability? Well, everybody did. I mean, everybody knows that 20, when you look at the estimates for 2023 of all these companies who are losing a lot of money, it always looks like they're going to make 52 cents. I mean, Carvana's going to lose a lot of money this year, and that's not acceptable to Wall Street. Carvana and Bed Bath & Beyond are two companies that are going to lose a lot of money. And people don't have any tolerance for losing money at this point. Yeah, they did say they're not going to get the positive seasonality that we normally was, get yeah. this time of year. That was very easy to say that because everyone else is getting it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone's getting it. Yes. I mean, wow. Again, the Fed has to deal with the fact that, that happy days are here again. And they kind of... Jay Powell's too uh, kind of a person to say, I don't want happy days, but, you know, Fonz, we absolutely need something to make people feel like, look, I got to stop spending and I got to stop building and I got to pull back. Things that, that, would, that you wouldn't want to hear at 5% unemployment, but at three and change unemployment, not so bad. Right. Well, I'm looking at, you know, we talked about booking, which is actually hanging on to gains, but Airbnb's down one and a half. Uh, you know, you look at some of the airlines today. Uh, down, United down almost two. That, that, is there a sense that uh, that this is this has a shelf life? This 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 pent up demand to travel. Uh, you know, I look at bookings and the numbers at Bookings.com and for the year. It's a very good conference call. Glenn Vogel, good guest this morning on Squawk. Uh, they're too confident in the sense that too confident that the Fed doesn't like what they say. They want to temper. Like Doug Yearly, CEO of Toll Brothers. Whoa, Doug, come on. They're, they'll take rates where they have to go to sure. make it so people stop buying homes. That, what they're trying to do, I mean, the existential crisis at the Fed is not what messed These people come on, and they don't get the problem. And, and I talked about this with Jamie Dimon off camera. The problem is, what do higher short-term rates really do to your business to make it so it's not doing as well? And the answer is not much. Not much. Because there's so much business, there's so few people who want... Uh, there's so many more jobs still than people. And Jamie, in his great letter to Wall Street Journal, talked about we got to solve immigration. Well, John Ellis, who does this great morning newsletter, did a poll, had some polling numbers. The Democrats and the Republicans, the one thing they're united on, other than hating Google, is that we must stop any immigration. So, I mean, like, I don't know what people think the, the, the problem with immigration is in Washington. They don't like it. Right. But both sides don't like it, so you're not going to have it. Well, there, were, there was an op-ed this week by two Republican governors saying, look, maybe the states need to sponsor our own just statewide immigration, and you can have some federal oversight. Oh. But that way states can say, look, we'll take them, even if another state might disagree. Uh, when I was visiting the Bakken in 2011, uh, they had such a shortage of people. I, I, offered, I told the governor... Uh, and a guy who's turned out to be a senator, Kramer's not no relation spell with a C. Guys, you got to go buy bus, Greyhound bus tickets. You know, get back Greyhound buses and get people out here. But one person reminded me, well, you know what? It's you know, it's, it's 20, minus twenty in January and it's a hundred in, in August. And I said, well, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. But you got to get more employees. And it failed. That that has historically failed. Uh, the, and by the way, the home prices are are coming back. 
in all those states that, you know, like in the Tennessees and Floridas, it looked like they were dipping. Now they're right back. Yeah. You mentioned Bakken and Energy. Uh, Chenier uh, yesterday, Jim. With uh, this, I mean, Brian Deese, who recently left the administration, tweeted today that the United States supplied half of Europe's nat gas last year. And that, that's with Freeport offline. Right. I mean, we have no place to put natural gas. Now, Ben Stoto, who works with me, the research director of Mad Money, he famously has called the bottom in natural gas at two bucks. I agree with that. But when you look at almost everybody else I dealt with, they said it would never go through four. Uh, we have so much more than we need. Chenier has been uh, the leader the whole way ever since Sharif Suki came up with the idea of making it so that natural gas leaves the country rather than comes in. Uh, very good. Uh, you know, the people who like Chenier, could you please think about CNQ? Wait, I, I'm sorry, not Chenier natural. That's terrific. Think about about the LNG preferreds they have, the LNG. There's more to it than just LNG, right. the common. Right. But I, I really think that the export numbers that we're getting out of, uh, we can really export much more natural gas. A lot of people worried that we'd be like Australia, that like after year five, they exported more than they they, than they then they, they needed more themselves. I have American Electric Power on tonight. I'm going to talk about the idea. Well, you know, how do you get the rates down with, with, uh, liquefied natu- with natural gas and liquefied natural gas? And the answer is, well, they got to pass through some of those gains. They just got to. Right. You know, we, we haven't mentioned Ukraine, but it's, it was I a year know. ago today. A year ago. Actually, three years ago today was also the first big COVID-related sell-off. If you remember, when we were watching those uh, caseloads in Italy, uh, China last night with this uh, missive trying to promote some kind of Peace talk. The first words we disagree with, uh, which is you know, pretty much. I guess the status quo. I mean, there's a lot of very soul-searching pieces about how is Ukraine really doing well, given the fact that their armies lost a lot of people. They don't mention the numbers, and I am look. The fact that Biden went there, I think, really was. Listen, don't give up on Ukraine. I think that most people don't realize is the economy is a little dire there, and we have to support that economy. And that has not been what people. We're doing a Marshall Plan for Ukraine. And I'm not sure that's what people want in this country, even though my, my views don't matter. Right. Is it is it uh, does the market respond to it or at this point or is it still uh, off off to the side? It's still off to the side. Yeah. Jamie Dimon brought it up repeatedly. I hate to continue to be self, you know, reverential to our interview yesterday, but he just says you got to stay on top of Ukraine. Ukraine's far more important than people realize. And when I mentioned he wants a Marshall Plan for food, I said, you know, we're in, and, and energy, he said, we're in great, I said, we're in great shape. He goes, Jim, I'm not talking about the U.S., I'm talking about foreign. And a lot of that is because of what Ukraine's doing to disrupt the economy. Well, Russian to Ukraine disrupt the economy. Um, next week, Jim, it's going to be busy. Uh, we're going to get names like Target on Tuesday. Right. Tesla analyst meeting. Uh, some reports out today about what the Master Plan 3 could look like. I have to tell you, I had... Uh, just a joyous interview with Pat, with uh, Patty Poppy. Uh, she is the CEO of of PG and E, which had a great quarter. And she says, you know, she talks to them all the time because that obviously one of the Charging reasons why he came back. Yep. They obviously doesn't want a bad energy source. She says his team is brilliant. Now I, I found it interesting. I thought there was no team. I thought it was just him. I thought there was an iron team. Uh, but no, she says these people are incredible. And it's a reminder of who this guy is. This week ago, I saw the launch. There's another big launch coming up. But this is a SpaceX launch. And you forget that the he has been a major change to the GDP in our country, just in terms of like being in charge of industries that I think people thought we had ceded to the Chinese. Uh, we haven't. We haven't ceded anything. Our inferiority complex is really bugging the heck out of it. Yeah. 
Um, really quick before we get to Bob, any trap doors here near 39, 45, as some suggest? No, I mean, the VIX is the one to watch. VIX is kind of exploding here, but I, I just don't, I think that you started out correctly by saying a lot of the technicians are saying we could be, we're, we're, we're shaking out to a bottom. Now, again, we need, to, we need to see, I mean, they're not, we have not reached any of the things I need in my checklist, but I need to see the S&P lower in order for it to go higher. The components that have been going higher, uh, up until the, this last 10 days were the stuff that had faux pivot. I don't want faux pivot. I want real pivot. Right. Well, we're not getting it yet. No. Uh, we're down 450. Let's get to Bob Asani. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. Happy Friday. So PP, you know, look at the PCE today. We had the PPI, CPI stronger. The whole underpinning of the bull rally is based on the idea that it, the glide path to inflation is lower. Now, not only is it sort of stalling out, the PC was actually higher, and that's a real problem. So you, the big issue here is look at this two-year yield, 4.8%. We're heading technically towards 5%. This is the highest since 2007. My mother called and asked about this. Robert, tell me about this two-year yield. How can I invest in it? When your mother starts calling, asking about it, now it's seeping through. Bond yields are significant competition for the stock market right now. It's pulling money away from the stock market. That's a problem. You can blame the Fed, but there's the issue right now. And this is putting a lot of pressure on growth sectors uh, today and all this week. ARC's down about, oh, 8% on the week. I mean, ARC's up still about 20% for the year, but you get my point. Semis are weak. Uh, emerging markets are weak when interest rates go up. There's the EEM. Healthcare and consumer staples are a little more stable, but remember, they're generally down because we had a big rally in growth in January, part of February. Uh, so they're looking better now, but uh, on a year-to-date basis, they're the underperformers. So very interesting little situation and very frustrating for the bulls right now. Elsewhere, uh, I was at the ETF conference in Miami, the biggest one of the year, uh, and a bunch of us were going to go to see Bruce Springsteen, who was playing down the street, until we saw the price of the tickets. They were astonishing. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Live Nation reported their numbers last night, and these numbers were just off the charts here. Revenues, look at these numbers, up 44%, full-year revenues, 44%. Uh, attendance was up 24%. Uh, and if you think the fans are stopping going to these tickets, like I hesitated going to Bruce Springsteen, no. Our research consistently tells us that concerts are a top priority for discretionary spending and one of the last experiences fans will cut back on. Now, obviously, they're very sensitive about this ticket scalping thing that's been going on since the dawn of time, but seems to be particularly egregious recently. And they sort of address this. Selling speculative tickets should be illegal, so scalpers cannot use deceptive tactics to trick fans into spending more buying tickets the seller does not actually have. Good luck with that one, folks. Uh, these brokers have been around since the dawn of time, just like coffee brokers and stock brokers and all kinds of brokers that get in between buyers uh, and sellers. The problem with the concert business is very simple, supply and demand. There are, in some small cases, many more fans than there are tickets for people like Taylor Swift, like Beyonce, and like Bruce Springsteen. The answer, unless you want to go to communism, is very simple, Carl. The prices rise to meet the demand, or if you want another solution, there should be 10 times more shows that Taylor Swift puts on for her fans, or we should have fewer fans. Maybe a few lousy albums would deal with that. But my point here, Carl, is uh, banning ticket brokers 
seems like a silly idea in a capitalist society. Carl, back to you. <laughs> Supply good. and demand, Bob, that's for sure. Uh, Bob Pisani, thanks. As we go to break, got some 2% declines here this morning on the NASDAQ 100. That's the lowest since the end of January with the dollar at a seven-week high. VIX uh. near 23. We got the two-year 481, the one-year T-bill 5-1, yep. and the Dow down 440. Don't go anywhere. One of those mornings where you have 100 components in the NDX and three are green as we're down 2% on that index overall. Got some data under our belts, but there's still more to come with new homes in a few moments. And we got four more Fed speakers, including Mester again at 10.15. Don't go away. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Yeah, I mean, look, Adobe is really under fire today. A lot of, of course, is because the DOJ may block this acquisition, uh, but also the, we haven't talked enough about the, the, what you're going to see, the change in the economy from NVIDIA, change in the economy from the, from the way that you can design things. And there's a chance, that, chance of mom mentions that the graphic artists are going to be big losers here. And graphic artists are the people who use Adobe. Uh, you don't need them. I remember when I, des- when I did a Matisse, uh, I did a Cezanne, I mean, Jensen Wong is making it so that if you have a thought in your head, it can be displayed. Why do you need a graphic artist to do that? Why do you need Adobe? That's the existential threat to Adobe. Yeah, Uh, it's interesting. Morgan Stanley has a note today on Apple, and they argue that Apple stands to benefit from the AI boom because of their uh, verticalization in chips and that that would be a possible play as people start to use this on their phones. Well, that could be. I mean, look, the obvious winners are the companies that are teaming up directly. And Alphabet, I hesitate to, I mean, obviously problematic, but Azure, Microsoft really team up. And don't forget Oracle, the low multiple. That's the, that is the one that people need to be focused on. That's that that's course that's coming from the outside that is in eighth place at the turn. <laughs> because, man, they could really sh- they could shock people. So Sound tonight- for cats. It's just so- Larry Ellison, I don't talk about because Larry, I think he thinks I don't like him. I've even visited his island in reverence to him, but whatever. <laughs> Listen, you can't please everybody. You mentioned AEP tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Julie's new. She just took over. I think she's great. Train had a great quarter. Uh, Vici is, uh, I want to talk, but they bought Canyon Ranch. I mean, a lot of, yeah. That's not the place to go, by the way, to knock back my wife's mezcal. <laughs> not what you're bringing. They're not serving. No, they're not bringing. Jim, good weekend. We'll see you, you later. Uh, Jim Cramer, Mad Money tonight, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time with 1% declines on the major indices. Some, some have a bit more. Dow's down 4.30. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 